Chapter Fourteen of Aunt Jane's Nieces Out West by L. Frank Baum. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Chapter Fourteen. Isidore Le Dieu. Perhaps the cigar was half gone when Patsy gave a sudden start and squeezed Uncle John's hand, which he had been holding in both her own. What is it, my dear? The man I told you of. There he is, just across the lobby, the man with the grey clothes and grey hair. Oh, yes, the one lighting a cigar. Precisely. Uncle John gazed across the lobby reflectively. The stranger's eyes roved carelessly around the big room, and then he moved with deliberate steps toward their corner. He passed several vacant chairs and settees on his way, and finally paused before a lounging chair not six feet distant from the one occupied by Mr. Merrick. Pardon me, is this seat engaged, sir? he asked. No, replied Uncle John, not very graciously, for it was a deliberate intrusion. The stranger sat down and for some time smoked his cigar in silence. He was so near them that Patsy forbore any conversation, knowing he would overhear it. Suddenly, the man turned squarely in their direction and addressed them. I hope you will pardon me, Mr. Merrick, if I venture to ask a question, said he. Well, sir, I saw you talking with Mr. Jones this evening, A. Jones, you know, who says he came from Sangoa. Didn't he? demanded the old gentleman. The stranger smiled. Perhaps, once on a time, allowing such a place exists, but his last journey was here from Austria. Indeed. Mr. Merrick and Patsy were both staring at the man incredulously. I am quite sure of that statement, sir, but I cannot prove it as yet. Ah, I thought not. Patsy had just told her uncle how she had detected this man stealthily watching Jones, and how he had followed the boy when he retired to his room. The present interview had, they both knew, something to do with this singular action. Therefore, Mr. Merrick restrained his indignation at the stranger's pointed questioning. He realized quite well that the man had come to their corner, determined to catechize them and gain what information he could. Patsy realized this, too, so, being forewarned, they hoped to learn his object without granting him the satisfaction of pumping them. I suppose you are friends of this Mr. A. Jones, was his next remark. We are acquaintances, said Mr. Merrick. Has he ever mentioned his adventures in Austria to you? Are you a friend of Mr. Jones? demanded Uncle John. I am not even an acquaintance, said the man, smiling. But I am interested in him through a friend of mine who met him abroad. Permit me to introduce myself, sir. He handed them a card, which read, Isidore Le Drew, Importer of Pearls and Precious Stones, 36 Maiden Lane, New York City. I have connections abroad in nearly all countries, continued the man, and it is through some of them that I have knowledge of this young fellow, who has taken the name of A. Jones. In fact, I have a portrait of the lad, taken in Paris, which I will show you. He searched in his pocket, 
and produced an envelope from which he carefully removed a photograph which he handed to uncle john patsy examined it too with a start of surprise the thin features the large serious eyes even the closely set lips were indeed those of a jones but in the picture he wore a small moustache it can't be our a jones murmured patsy this one is older that is on account of the moustache remarked ledrieu who was closely watching their faces this portrait was taken more than a year ago oh but he was in sangoa then protested patsy who was really bewildered by the striking resemblance the stranger smiled indulgently as a matter of fact there is no sangoa said he so we may doubt the young man's assertion that he was ever there why are you interested in him inquired mr merrick a natural question said ledrieu after a moment of hesitation i know you well by reputation mr merrick and i believe i am justified in speaking frankly to you and your niece provided you regard my statements as strictly confidential a year ago i received notice from my friend in austria that the young man had gone to america and he was anxious i should meet him at the time i was too busy with my own affairs to look him up but i recently came to california for a rest and noticed the strong resemblance between the boy a jones and the portrait sent me so i hunted up this picture and compared the two in my judgment they are one and the same what do you think sir i believe there is a resemblance answered uncle john turning the card over but here is a name on the back of the photograph jack andrews yes this is jack andrews said ledrieu nodding have you ever heard the name before never well andrews is noted throughout europe and it is but natural he should desire to escape his notoriety by assuming another name out here do you note the similarity of the initials j a stands for jack andrews reverse them and a j stand for a jones by the way what does he claim the a means is it andrew it means nothing at all said patsy he told us so i see you caught him unprepared that isn't like jack he is always on guard both patsy and uncle john were by this time sorely perplexed they had a feeling common to both of them that the subject of this portrait and a jones were two separate and distinct persons yet the resemblance could not be denied if they were indeed the same young jones had deliberately lied to them and recalling his various statements and manner in which they had been made they promptly acquitted the boy of the charge of falsehood for what was jack andrews noted throughout europe inquired mr merrick after silently considering these things well he was a high flyer for one thing answered ledrieu he was known as a thorough sport and i am told a clever gambler he had a faculty of making friends even among the nobility the gilded youth of london paris and vienna cultivated his acquaintance and through them he managed to get into very good society he was a guest at the splendid villa of countess armberg near vienna when her magnificent collection of pearls disappeared 
you remember that loss and the excitement it caused do you not no sir i have never before heard of the countess of Armberg or her pearls well the story filled the newspapers for a couple of weeks the collection embraced the rarest and most valuable pearls known to exist and you accuse this man andrews of stealing them asked uncle john tapping with his finger the portrait he still held by no means sir by no means cried ledrue hastily in fact he was one of the few guests at the villa to whom no suspicion attached from the moment the casket of pearls was last seen by the countess until their loss was discovered every moment of andrews's time was accounted for his alibi was perfect and he was quite prominent in the unsuccessful quest of the thief the pearls were not recovered then no the whole affair is still a mystery my friend in vienna a pearl merchant like myself assisted andrews in his endeavor to discover the thief and being much impressed by the young man's personality sent me this photograph asking me to meet him as i have told you when he reached america is his home in this country new york knows him but knows nothing of his family or his history he is popular there spending money freely and bearing the reputation of an all-round good fellow on his arrival there a year ago he led a gay life for a few days and then suddenly disappeared no one knew what had become of him when i found him here under the name of a jones the disappearance was solved i think said uncle john you are laboring under a serious if somewhat natural mistake the subject of this picture is like a jones indeed but he is older and his expression more more blase and sophisticated said patsy thank you my dear i am no dictionary and if those are real words they may convey my meaning i feel quite sure mr ledrue that the story of andrews cannot be the story of young jones ledrue took the picture and replaced it in his pocket to err is human said he and i will admit the possibility of my being mistaken in my man but you will admit the resemblance yes they might be brothers but young jones has said he has no brothers and i believe him ledrue sat in silence for a few minutes then he said i appeal to you mr merrick because i was not thoroughly satisfied in my own mind of my conclusions you have added to my doubts i must confess yet i cannot abandon the idea that the two men are one and the same as my suspicion is only shared by you and your niece in confidence i shall devote myself for a few days to studying young jones and observing his actions in that way i may get a clue that will set all doubt at rest we will introduce you to him said patsy and then you may question him as much as you like oh no i prefer not to make his acquaintance until i am quite sure was the reply if he is not jack andrews he would be likely to resent the insinuation that he is here trading under a false name good night mr merrick good night miss doyle i thank you for your courteous consideration he had risen and now bowed and walked away well said patsy what was he after and did he learn anything from us he did most of the talking himself replied uncle john 
looking after Le Drew with a puzzled expression. Of course, he is not a jewel merchant. No, said Patsy, he's a detective, and I'll bet a toothpick to a match that he's on the wrong scent. He surely is. Unfortunately, we cannot warn Ajo against him. It isn't necessary, Uncle. Why, the whole thing is absurd. Our boy is not a gambler or roisterer, nor do I think he has ever been in Europe. Mr. Le Drew will have to guess again. End of chapter 14